You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fosse to Alvin Ailey, from Sondheim to Borellis, from McNally to Fay, it happened to the greats, it still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. When lightning strikes, where you're meant to go, you can stand and shout Eureka, do whatever you like. You'll never forget the moment when lightning strikes. Hi, this is Gerald Brunner, and you're listening to When Lightning Strikes, where we talk about the tingly mic drop moments that led you to becoming an artist. Melissa Etheridge is a ferociously talented rock music icon. This Grammy and Oscar-winning singer, songwriter, guitarist is known for her deeply passionate, raw and honest lyrics and smoky, distinctive voice. With a career that has spanned more than three decades, this month she is debuting her new solo show, My Window, A Journey Through Life, which combines great music and storytelling. This intimate show at New World Stages brings us from her childhood in Kansas to becoming a golden-voiced rock music force with 15 Grammy nominations, two Grammy wins, and an Oscar. Congratulations on your new show, on your residency at New World Stages. What inspired my window, A Journey Through Life? Well, the truth is my whole life inspired this uh, project. It's been something that uh, I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about Broadway for 10 years, uh, well, all my life, but really seriously trying to really get something up and on Broadway. And last year, the the whole idea of my, my life story and what I have to um, share with the world and musically, um, it just uh, really made itself very clear and appeared very clear that uh, this is what will be what my window is, my journey through life. And what was the joy creating the show? Oh my gosh, yeah. there's still joy. We're we're in you know tech rehearsals, and it's just it's magnificent. Um, the director Amy Tinkham is just brilliant at bringing different um, different types of uh, media together to um, sort of augment my my storytelling and my singing and it's just it's really it's really such a delight you know i think of your songs and how you know, you tell these beautiful stories in your songs i mean why was that important for you as a storyteller you know and i love that this show brings in all these elements your storytelling your singing yeah the um i i I started writing songs very young and and I really kind of followed the the folk and country traditions of kind of storytelling in in songs. And that uh, that's been the way I've approached my songwriting and everything that I've done. So um, to then tell a story about my life through my songs, just kind of it's like taking all the little ingredients now and making one big, long uh, story. It's, it was quite a haul, but we're, we seem to be doing it. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Can you talk about your lightning strikes moment when you knew you had to be an artist? 
in reading about you, you you've said, since I was a child, a tiny child, I knew this was my path. But was there a moment, was it that moment when you saw the Beatles or you tell, what was it that made you think, oh my God? Well, you'll see in the, in the show, we actually start uh, at my birth. And so uh, one of my first memories I have is when one of the neighborhood kids had me hold their transistor radio. I, would, I must have been three or four years old. And I remember listening and hearing, I want to hold your hand and thinking, what is this I'm hearing? This, these are angels. This is the, the feeling that I got. And my house uh, my parents were not musicians, but they enjoyed music very much. And so we, there was a lot of records in the 60s and 70s being played in my house. So that was a great influence when I would hear, you know, the harmonies of Simon and Garfunkel, when I would, you know, hear Aretha Franklin sing. You know, these were things that really made me want to uh participate in that sort of uh, art, art, um, art, artist, you know, art. And, and then what about songwriting? When did you know that you had this gift for songwriting? Because that was very, that was very early on, right? You got your first guitar when you were eight, right? I... Yeah, yeah. I, so I, um, you know, I, I learned to play guitar and once I heard three chords, you know, I was like, wait a minute, that's a song, you know, I, that was A-D-E, I can make stuff up now. And I realized when I, when I realized that was a, one of the, um, the ways that a song was built, I started just, you know, making up really simple things and, and it was fun to make up things and make them rhyme. And I just never stopped. I just kept doing it. I, I would, you know, uh, I would mimic the songs that I loved, you know, I would write things that I didn't know about, you know, at, at 13 or 14 years old. And, and, you know, then it grew into, oh, I started becoming a teenager and a young adult. And I started actually writing about what I felt and what I, you know, was going through. Do you remember one of the earliest songs you wrote, what it was? Oh, yeah. What was it? Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's funny because this is all in the show. This is all the first beginning part of the show is um, there was a, a song. Um, it's called Lonely as a Child. And it's, it's, it was after my grandmother died. And I was, you know, 12 years old. So it was very, it was very folksy. It was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope people take away from the show? Oh, I, oh, I hope that people leave with a, a sense of wonder and a sense of um, inspiration. I hope they're inspired to look at my journey and, and, and know that we're all on our own separate journeys, but each of us has a certain power inside to, and, and a choice and, and a choice to make their journey what they want it to be. And sort of, I hope that they have the inspiration to get that, find that power inside themselves. I hope they are inspired. Do you mind sharing how you discovered your power in your life? I think experience gave me that. I think the experience of, you know, having the crazy dream to be a rock star when I'm a, a girl from Kansas, you know, in, in a era where 
uh, w women weren't there. There was a handful of maybe women rock stars and there certainly wasn't any from Kansas, you know, and and yeah. and that sort of idea that, well, I, I can try. And then those things uh, manifested. They 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 happened and appeared. And I just kept following that path. And and the more I would be open and honest about myself, the more um, the more these things opened up. And uh, then the more strength I got. So then coming out publicly was was felt good. And I had the, the support of my family and my friends. And, um, you know, that just felt right. Because I saw that moment, you know, at the Clinton, right, inaugural yeah. ball. And there you were and seeing Katie Lang, you know, her response. And that, what was that feeling like? Is it hard to describe? Well, what that? I didn't know I was going to come out at that moment. I surprised myself. But I was I was mostly inspired by the people that I knew. I knew some really powerful um, LGBT leaders, Hervé Vade, Kate Clinton, these great men and women who were really in the trenches fighting for our rights and fighting to be heard. And they were inspiring me. And I was like, look, if they can do that, then at the very least, I can just tell people I'm gay. You know, that's 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 something I can do. And I learned that that was a huge form of activism, just doing that. Is there something you'd like to imbue to this next generation? Yeah, I would say being your 100% true self and loving yourself is the best thing you can do for the world. Because if when you are when you are fully in your own power and okay with yourself and you don't need other people to be okay with you because you're okay when when you're just okay then it doesn't matter even even the people who are trying to make laws against you if you hold your power and your love for yourself then you will attract those who are also holding that power and then that strength grows that power grows and that the the opposition to it, the the resistance to it, has to fade. It goes away because it can't it can't you know survive in that sort of love. And that's what I've I've seen that you know you the the younger generation they they haven't been around as long. They haven't seen the things that I have seen where where we have come from. And so just just be on that path of your own power and your own truth, and and it goes a long way. Do you mind me asking how you found that self-love, how you taught yourself that that was so, or how you brought that self-love, unless it's too personal. No, I no, understand. no. It's, it's experience. Experience really led me there that when I didn't have that self-love, when I, when I was looking for it in the wrong places, when I was trying to get someone else to fill up my deep, dark holes and make me feel better about myself, well, those people will ultimately let you down. They might do it for a while, but, you know, they've got to take care of themselves. So when I kept finding myself in, you know, hurt positions because of someone else, then I realized, look, I've got to, I got to do this myself. I got to love myself before anybody else can love me. And that has worked very well for me in the last 
you know, 14 years. <laughs> Can you talk about your love for performing and this joy you have when you get up on stage, what that's like for you? Well, I've done it for so long. I've played professionally since I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, and like standing in front of people singing. So I've had much practice, nearly almost 50 years. And so now when I step on stage, I feel very comfortable. And I get to enjoy that exchange of energy that that I have people coming, paying money to see me do what I do, to, that know my songs. Then that's that's that, that's like everything else is just icing on the cake. That was the hard part. And, and now sharing that with them is is a delight. So, so everything you see on stage becomes just a, a celebration of that. Is there something you wish you could say to that little girl or to listening to the Beatles for the first, or writing those early songs? Is there something you wish you could tell her if you could go back? And... Yes, I would say, I would say, do what you love, do what feels good. Keep doing it. That's, that's where your that's where all your momentum is. That's where it, it, when I line up with, with what I am desiring and what I love, then it, it happens. And even when things seem to be not happening to know that they, they are happening the way it will turn out. It may not look like what you thought it would look like, but it's going to be everything and more than what you wanted. Has yeah. your, your songwriting changed um, how, or how has it changed since those early days of songwriting? Well, my songwriting has always come from a personal place. So yeah. songwriting is going to change as I change. And I have, I have grown and I have changed very, very much. And, um, you know, it's gone from the the sort of making up days of my, my teens to my early, you know, my twenties and my early thirties, which was very angst and desire and, you know, provocative and, you know, uh, a lot of that, uh, energy that, you know, most of the, most of the songs that people know and love came from, you know, those times. And then, um, you know, then I, I became more socially aware of the world around me. I, you know, into my forties. And then I went through cancer and that, uh, that was an experience and really falling in love with life and health and understanding what health is. And, and then, um, having in the, in the, the show, you'll see there's even, there's a very metaphysical, um, sort of spiritual part that, that has really, you know, come into my life in the last 10 years. And, you know, so I write about that. I write about what I know. I write about what I question, what I, what brings me sorrow or joy. And I just, I just write about my experience. Well, and what is the joy of being in New York for you? Oh, New York. Well, I'm a, I'm a Kansas girl who moved to California, so I like space. So I'm having a little, um, having to get used to how you all just kind of agree to, you know, live this close to each other. I understand. And, you know, and, I'm getting used to that, but um, New York is a very special place. It's there's such creativity here, and and just uh, it's very alive, and it's quite a wonderful place to be. I, I'm loving it. 
I love that you picked New World Stages. Why yeah. that intimate space? I love that. Well, we, you know, we needed to do this off Broadway, and so uh, it was a beautiful theater. It's a lovely little space. It's 500 seats, and so there's not a bad seat in the house at all. And it's just, a, it's a great uh, group of theaters they've got there. It's a wonderful place. Thank you so much. Great still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. The theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore. This episode was produced by Anna Stroud. When lightning strikes. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.